0: Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. morning everybody it's good to see you guys um man i'm feeling uh way had four wisdom teeth pulled like 48 hours ago and he is rocking it right here man that is awesome so be gentle be gentle don't pinch his cheeks okay um but uh hopefully uh whoo man um Wow, I don't know what kind of week you've had. I mean, probably, like we say, oftentimes, some of you, you may have had the best week in the world. Maybe it was one of the, some of the worst. I'm not sure. Here's what I know um, is that, and and this is, uh, you know, I think sometimes we just feel like, man, when I follow Jesus, if I just follow him really closely, everything in life will be great. And there won't be any hardship, and there won't be, and, and, and if there is hardship, it just means I'm not controlling life enough. Right, because we all know, right, the more we control things, the better life gets, right? Doesn't it? You just feel more refreshed, okay? No, we know that's not true, but, but I tell you what is amazing is we can take a deep breath and uh, we can know that uh, uh, we aren't trying to work our way to, for God to love us. We're not trying to get him to love us, yeah. all right? Sometimes there, there are some of you in here, you're feeling the pressure because you feel like I've got to make God love me. I've got to do something to where he's going to like me. I've got to, and I'll tell you what, that is a tiring life to live because you kind of go back and forth. Either you do really well and you feel all proud of yourself um, or you don't do well and you feel like, man, life is done. I can't do this. It's not good. I can't get God to like me. And isn't it great we get to start from a place of closeness? All right? If you're not, recalibrate, okay? If your idea is, okay, if I pay a really close attention uh, to this sermon, then that'll be, I'll even get closer to God, okay? No, 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 no. We're starting from a place of closeness, okay? And that's really, really, really important to understand. But um, before we get into the Word, um, I really would love for us to take some time and pray right where we are, right where you are, okay? And not a a corporate prayer out loud, but that we pray to God, that we pray in a way that is just... there are some things sometimes I think we have to say to God that maybe isn't good out loud all the time, right? And uh, hopefully we're here to hear his word. Uh, hopefully we're here to really ask him uh, to work on us and in us and do a work in us. And, mm-hmm. and you want to know what though? Sometimes you do come to church or you come to midweek or you come to something and uh, the truth of the matter is, is you feel like I don't want to be here. I don't want to learn this stuff. I don't want to hear it. Okay. And and no one would admit that out loud, <laughs> but you wouldn't be human if that were the case. Okay, You just wouldn't be. I mean, it's great if that person is in here and you're like, no, I mean, like every minute of the day I wake up, I'm just like, all I am is connected to Jesus and want to be around people and all this kind of stuff. I'm going, okay, you're awesome. Okay, that's great. But the rest of us sometimes, um, it, we've got to come and admit and, and, uh, and, and be honest, but really hopefully we're praying that God speaks to us. All right, listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough at what I do here to to go above and beyond the call of God and make you change with some kind of excellent speech, okay? I just, I don't have it, all right? Maybe that person exists, but I, hopefully we're, we're relying on God here, okay? So take some time to pray, um, and then we're going to continue on. Father, as we open your word, I pray, that, um, God, we, we pray to be to be moved, not, not just with a feeling, Father, but with a deep conviction. Pray that we see your word the way it was intended to be seen and heard and obeyed. Father, I pray please keep Satan away. Uh, Father, we know there's a spiritual battle going on, and we know that Satan is going to get into mischief and try to mess with us and all that kind of stuff, but I pray that uh, that all of the legions of angels you can call, all of your captains of the armies that you have, your Holy Spirit in every way, Father, that Satan cannot get a foothold, Father, in our minds, and our hearts, help us to see things in your word, Father, that may not have even clicked before, uh, but that we can take and and, and use to glorify you uh, in this world, Father, thank you, we love you in Jesus' name, amen. You can turn in your Bibles over. Uh, we're going to be in the Old Testament today, First Kings chapter twenty-two. Um, man, uh, we have been we have really stuck in uh, in the New Testament for a while. Um, some of you guys are like, "Yes, I know." I know Hayes is like, "Yes, finally we're going back to the Old Testament." I love that. Some of you are like, "Oh no, I don't know." I we'll don't know about all this Old Testament stuff. Um, so, as uh, Ben alluded to, if you weren't here on Wednesday, we had uh, a quote-unquote panel—I guess you'd call it—of people, and we were talking about dating. We're talking about being faithful. Um, we're talking about this year living by faith, which really is—you know—am I making decisions? Am I living in a way that that says to the world, "I trust Jesus"? I trust His way in the way we behave and speak and treat one another. And so we started getting very specific because there are these big decisions we make in life. These are big decisions like who will I date, but not just that, who will I marry, right? If I'm going to be married, who is that going to be and how do I make those decisions? And what about where I live and, and what about like the job that I'll do and all of those kind of things? So a lot of times we, th- these are challenging because it, it brings a point to a head. Okay? And what that point is, is that for most of us, we have two distinct worlds we live in. We have a world that we call a secular world that, that Christianity doesn't get to play a part in. Okay? And then we have church and Christianity. All right? And a lot of times that secular world, we say, no, God has no place in what I decide to do as a profession. God has no place in what... See, because when we have these two worlds, we try to blend them and what ends up happening, we going, no, no, I'm going to make all my decisions and expect God to bless all of those, right? Instead of going, no, no, no actually, if I'm following Jesus, everything's about him, everything. And you know what's interesting is, is it seems to me, one thing that, that's challenging about Jesus and at the same time really exciting, it seems like he disrupts lives when he comes into them, Okay. I know a lot of times you hear the testimony of, once, Je- once I knew Jesus, everything was better. All right? Well, here's the truth is, is amen to that. Okay? But you may be missing something if Jesus hasn't disrupted your life. All right? I want you to think about that for a second. If your life hasn't been disrupted by Jesus, right? They, they said that the followers of Jesus were trying to turn the world upside down. All right, nothing was going to stay the same in Jesus's world, okay? And boy, don't we, we can dig our heels because we're starting to get personal now, right? This isn't the theory of faith. This isn't the theory of these things. Now it's getting into, you, you mean we're going to talk about like real decisions? Like I don't want people all up in at like dating and all that. No, 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 no. Again, it brings to a head secular and Christianity. And I hope that challenges you because I know that's a part of us, all right? to go, hold on a minute, this is what repentance looks like, is there isn't any secular, there's no worldly side of my life. There's only what Christ is calling me to do. And that includes dating, and that includes finances, and where I live, and what I do, and all these things. And so, um, hopefully, uh, these, are, these midweeks that we're doing are going to be um, valuable. One of the things uh, that might be challenging is, is, is you may go, I just don't like this, it's uncomfortable, this is stretching me out too much. No, no. Every, and, and even when you're hearing people talk, okay? And I, if you thought this, I don't know that you thought this, okay? And nobody, like, told me any of these things. But if you thought, like, oh, man, you know, who, they're just judging me. Or they're, they don't even know. It's easy to say when you're married already. Right? And so it's that idea of let's not let Satan have a foothold, but let's be honest at the same time that this is hard. When, it becomes, when faith becomes personal, it becomes difficult, right? Because now we're talking about like real things here. Um, I love this quote here. We're all going to die someday. What matters is did we do it faith? Did we live faithfully? How did we live? Not how do we die right there, but how, did we live? I, I messed up that quote right there, but. Uh, <laughs> Oh, man, what on earth? What is wrong with you? We just started, okay? Golly goodness. Um, But yeah, you can die faithfully too, okay? So um, let me just recover right here, okay? Um, But what really matters, did we live faithfully? Did we make decisions faithfully? Or did we just kind of make it through life, right? Um, I love this as well. Remember, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, okay? We're talking about making decisions, faithful decisions, but here's the deal. Our goal is not to be good decision makers. That's not our goal. Our goal isn't to go, okay, I'm going to be so good at making decisions. I'm going to be so good at these things. Remember, our goal is to love God. (laughs) Our goal is intimacy with Him. Our goal is, is that idea of, man, I want to know you more, not from a selfish standpoint, because... You know, as, as we're talking about, is, is the more we're filled with Him, that's what comes out, right? And, and that principle, it's, it's pretty amazing. Jesus said what's on the inside does come out, right? And so that's really challenging on its own. If there isn't anything faithful coming out, what's going in? Like, what am I being filled with here, okay? And so it's this idea of, remember, the main thing isn't that we are perfect in all of our decisions here at the Clemson Foothills Church. All right, we're not going to keep like some percentage. 75% right decisions made here. <laughs> our goal isn't that. Our goal is we want to make faithful decisions because of who God is, because of what He's done, because He isn't keeping us at a distance. He's saying, no, no, actually, I want you to be near me, and you are near me. Right? And so that's the thing to always keep in mind no matter what we're talking about. Keep the main thing, the main thing, all right. First Kings 22. Let's read this story here. Uh, boy, this guy, there were some decisions made uh, here. And I want to give you just a little bit of simple background, okay? So, so the nation of Israel at this time has split into two, okay? It's, it's, it's fairly simple geographically for the most part, right? I mean, we understand there's two Carolinas, right? There's a North Carolina and a South Carolina, Okay. Is Israel split. There's a northern uh, kingdom called Israel, and there's a southern kingdom called Judah, okay? And boy, y- you can read about why they split and all of those kind of things. Devastating, sad, all right? Um, but when the, when the north, when Israel began, they said, we don't want to be around those dudes in Jerusalem. We need to find our own places to worship, they made their own places. Because remember, the Jews, they had to go to Jerusalem to worship. Okay, when, when they split north and south, the people in the north said, no, 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 no. We don't want our people going back there. We, we don't want them going back there. We need to set up our own places and have our own priests and all these things. So that's a little bit of a background here because we're going to read about two kings. Okay, um, And so in, in, uh, in 1 Kings verse. 22, it says this, there was a a lull of three years without war between Aram and Israel. However, in the third year, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went to visit the king of Israel. Okay, so that's your two places right there. Okay, you have the south Judah and you have the north Israel. Uh, He went to visit the king of Israel. The king of Israel had said to his servants, Don't you know that Ramoth-Gilead is ours? But we failed to take it from the hand of the king of Aram. So he asked Jehoshaphat, will you go with me to fight Ramoth-Gilead? And this is where we all get messed up because we're going, Ramoth-Gilead names. We know names like Anderson, Greenville, Seneca, Wahala, Pumpkintown, okay? I mean, we get that. We're like, oh, it's another place that's not our place, okay? And so it's these two kings, and what's weird about this, is that these two kings, previously the kings from the south and north, they did not have an alliance of any sort. Okay? They did through marriage. Okay? They did through marriage. But it's still odd. It's still odd because Israel was kind of really going more wayward than Judah was. Okay? And so the kings got together, and the king in Israel, a little bit more wayward, a little bit further away in, their, in kind of their theology, He said, he's sitting around one day and he says, you all know what? There are towns that should be ours. Why don't we go get them? Why don't we go fight for those? And he's actually right. Okay. Is that Aram, uh, the king of Aram, two chapters before this, told this king, hey, listen, all the cities we took of yours, you can have them back. He told them that. And they made a treaty. They made a peace treaty. right. And so this king was like, "Why don't we go? Why don't we go get those back?" And then here comes the king of Judah, and he's like, "Hey, you want to go fight them for this with me? What do you think? Should we go and do this?" Okay. And so you understand they're having this little conversation, right? And uh, Jehoshaphat here in verse four and a half, the new paragraph, Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, "I am as you are." My people as your people. My horses as your horses. But Jeho- Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, first, please ask what the Lord's will is. That seems reasonable. He's going, hey, I'm with you. Sounds good to me. I don't like the Arameans either, right? There's towns to be had. Why? That sounds like a good plan, okay? Now think about it in our decision-making process. Think about, and if you, if you want to just be jotting things down, through the class, or through, I would encourage you to do it, um, you know, on a, on a daily basis for a little while, is thinking about what are all the big decisions that we have to make, okay? When I say big, I don't mean like a house, bu- you know, buying a house necessarily, but I mean on a day-to-day basis, something that's not deciding to brush my teeth, you know, something that's not, you know, to put deodorant on or take a shower, but think about the decisions, all right, that, that need to be made, all right? And then there are those big decisions that pop up. And have you ever had that before? A situation pops up in front of you and you go, that sounds like I should do this. Like that makes perfect sense. Oh yeah, those are my towns, that makes perfect sense to go do that. And then you're like, hey Tyler, you wanna come with me? Because this is mine over here. And he's like, well, yeah, that sounds good too. And then usually our faithful decision making process stops there because we're like, well, I'm a Christian and he's a Christian and we both agree. And you know, Matthew 18 says, right? You go, you go, take it to the church, okay? Yeah. He says, but you know, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. And we think that that's like, hold on a minute, just because me and Tyler agreed on something doesn't mean that God is like settled settled, okay? But the king of Judah is like, hey, that sounds, that actually has a ring of truth to it, okay? Faithful decision-making, remember we talked about a couple weeks ago, is, is knowing when to slow down. And the king of Judah was like, we need to slow, okay, that sounds great, slow down, okay? Because something sounds off, we don't get it yet, except if we lived back at this time, it'd be interesting to go, um... Why do we want to go fight these guys that signed a peace treaty with you a couple years ago? Like, they've already given these to you? Like, you're at peace with them? Like, you signed a peace treaty because they gave these to you? Like, this, hold on a minute. Maybe there's more we need to inquire about here, right? And so, he says this. He goes, uh, first, please ask what the Lord's will is. So, the king of Israel gathered the prophets, 400 men, and he said, should I go against Ramoth Gilead? for the war, or should I refrain? And they replied, March up, and the Lord will hand it over to the king. And Jehoshaphat said, Isn't there a prophet of Yahweh here anymore? <laughs> <laughs> like, something's wrong. You just brought 400 people in here, and you said they're prophets. And Jehoshaphat heard it, and he's like, oh, Hold on a minute. Do y'all not have a prophet of God anymore? Do y'all- Y'all not have it? Here's where we fall for this, though, too, right? We're like, what do you think? I have 400 people tell me to do this. Half the church told me to go and do this. Half of, I I put it on Facebook, I had 75,000 likes. I should do this, okay? He says, hold up a minute, man. Do you even have a prophet of God here? And that's a great question to ask because, see, the prophets that he brought in, were the prophets that he appointed after they left. They weren't God's prophets. They were guys. He said, hey, y'all are going to be prophets now. Now that we're a new country, y'all are going to be prophets. That's not how prophets worked, okay? Prophets were anointed by God to speak his word. It wasn't just a bunch of guys that could give answers, okay? And so Jehoshaphat is sitting there. He's like, hold on a minute. Then the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There's still one man who can ask Yahweh, but I hate him, because he never prophesies good about me, but only disaster. He's Micaiah, son of Imlah. Okay, man, it just got real right there, didn't it? Okay. Yeah, there's one guy. I know him because I hate him. Right? Okay. Think about it. I'm never asking that guy for nothing, because he tells me what I don't want to hear. Oh, my goodness. I mean, let that sink in for just a second, okay? Because you may not have said it out loud, but you thought it before. All right? No, no, no. I'm not asking that person. No, decision-making? Profit? No. I hate him. You ever thought of that? That guy never tells me what I want to hear. I'm not going to talk to so-and-so. They're going to tell me what I don't want to hear. Oh, boy. See, You've got one guy. Okay, let's justify this a little bit. You really gonna like one dude, one rogue guy? I mean, who can, can I tell you the number of times I've thought it and, has, and have witnessed this to me? Is somebody goes, Well, man, Keith, uh, I talked to a couple of people and they gave me this advice, but 50 other people said this, so y'all gotta be wrong. I'm like, Well, maybe, maybe we are, okay? But maybe we're not, okay? Just because there's more doesn't mean it's more right. Okay, but so, well, we get fooled by that, huh? We think numbers, largeness is what is the mark of something. Instead of, remember, the main thing, the main, keeping the main thing, the main thing? It's like, hold on a minute. It's not about numbers, it's about God's word. It's about what he wants to do, right? And Jehoshaphat is going, I'm down with almost everything as long as it's what God wants to do. Okay, I'm down for a fight if that's what God wants us to do, okay? I'm good with that. And, and could you imagine this interaction? He's like, nah, this guy, I hate this guy, Micaiah. Hate him, man. And then just after that, <laughs> Jehoshaphat says, the king shouldn't say that. So the king of Israel called an officer and said, hurry and get Micaiah, son of Imlah. Now the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, clothed in royal attire, were each sitting on his own throne. They were on the threshing floor at the entrance to Samaria's gate. All the prophets were prophesying in front of them. Can you see this chaos of 400 people just trying to tell you the word of God? This is what God is saying. This is what God is saying. They're they're prophesying in front of them right here, okay? And uh, 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 then Zedekiah, son of Cheneanah. Listen, don't take that into public. Made iron horns and said, this is what the Lord says. You will gore the Arameans with these until they are finished off. And all the prophets were prophesying the same. March up to Ramoth Gilead and succeed, for the Lord will hand it over to the king. Okay? Again, let's raise the bar. This dude made an object. (laughs) He's not just, he he ain't just telling you anymore. He's like, I'm going to go do the, you know, the... Ninth or eighth century B.C. version of a PowerPoint presentation. Okay, is I'm going to go and build something and put it in front of you and go. This is what it means. You gore him. Okay, and you're like, whoa, that's very you know graphic, but I get it. Okay, and then verse 13, the messenger who went to call Micaiah. And, okay, hang on here. Just listen. The messenger who went to call Micaiah instructed him. Look. The words of the prophets are unanimous, unanimously favorable for the king. So let your words be like theirs and speak favorably. Don't rock the boat. Don't do it. Don't rock. I don't care what God told you. Don't rock the boat here, okay? Now, think about this. Is this digs into even, like, controlling. Like, we're going to control this outcome. Don't mess this up by saying something different. Buddy, you better not go in there and say something the king doesn't want to hear. All right. And and, and think about that. Have you ever plotted this way? Have you ever said this to somebody? Don't go in there. You're just going to rock the boat. Sometimes it needs to be rocked. Okay. Sometimes somebody's got to go in there and go, this chaos has got to stop. All right. I mean, somebody has to talk truth in here, okay? And so Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, I'll say whatever the Lord says to me. That's just a great principle, okay? That's just great. Are you going to be anointed a prophet or me a prophet? No, but we can do what the prophets do, all right? It's not the office anymore, but what a prophet was commanded to do was to speak the word of God, all right? Me and you can do that. We have the word of God. We've been given the Bible to be used with authority. All right. And so this is a great principle here. He says, as the Lord lives, I'll say whatever the Lord says to me. How how would you like that, by the way? Put yourself in that and you're going, okay, man, um, big decision coming up. Gosh, I don't know what to do about this job. I don't know what to do about, you know, do I stay? Do I go? I don't know about, uh, you know, this thing uh, with a wedding or a marriage or a dating or something like that. And you go up and you, you get the courage to sit down with somebody and you tell them. And they go, I'll say whatever the Lord says. <laughs> Seriously, what would you think? <laughs> like, really, you'd be like, in most cases, okay, I'm, I'm not speaking for the holy ones in here, okay? But in most cases, you'd be like, Ugh! we would say you don't understand. <laughs> right? That's, that's the go-to right? You're going to say what the Lord said? Do you even understand me? Well, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, but that's not enough to say we're not going to do and say what God says here, okay? And so he says this, um, so he went to the king, the king asked him, king said, Micaiah, should we go to Ramoth-Gilead for war or should we refrain? Micaiah told him, march up and succeed, Yahweh will hand it over to the king, right? Told him what he wanted, Told him what God said. I mean, you'd think, this is, this is great. We're going to get a little glimpse into their relationship here in a second, okay? But he went up and he's like, okay, cool. What do you want to know? Should we go to war? Yeah, yeah, I mean, God told me, go to war. Go ahead and fight him. That's cool. You know, no problem. You'd think it'd be like, yes, finally. 401 and zero. I mean, we, we know what God's will is here, okay? But the king said to him, how many times must I make you swear not to tell me anything but the truth in the name of Yahweh? He thinks he's messing with it. <laughs> he's like, how many times have I told you? Probably none, okay, first of all. He probably never told him to speak the truth in Yahweh. But all he knows is, he agreed with me? Something's wrong. <laughs> like, like what I tell you? Stop messing with me, okay? Because we do this, right? We do this psychological chess game, okay, where we're playing, the, oh, you said this, I'll say that. You go here, I'll go there. You, and, and he tripped him up. Micaiah's like, well, yeah, go. Whoa, whoa, hold up a minute, okay? And then the king was frustrated. So, so Micaiah went on. He said, I saw all Israel scattered on the hills, like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, they have no master. Let everyone return home in peace. So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you he never prophesied good about me, but only disaster? Okay, He's like, didn't I tell you? Look what he just did. And if you didn't catch it, what Micaiah said, yeah, it's fine to go up there and go to war. Because you know why? You're going to die. <laughs> You're getting killed in this war. Okay, And that's what the Lord told me. I'll tell you what the Lord said. You're going to go in there and Israel's going to be scattered and they're going to be better without you. How would you like to hear these words? Oh, my goodness, man. I mean, this is, a, this is like, do you want to follow Jesus or don't want? Don't, like, what do you really want here? I mean, his heart is up against the wall right here. What do you really want to do, Jehoshaphat? Because Micaiah's like, yeah, go ahead, and you'll die. <laughs> right? Both will happen. Then Micaiah said in verse 19, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. The whole heavenly host was standing by him in his right hand and in his left hand. And the Lord said, who will entice Ahab to march up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one was saying this, another was saying that. Then a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I'll entice him. The Lord said, how? He said, I'll go and become a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Then he said, you certainly will entice him and prevail. Go and do that. You see, the Lord has put a lying spirit into the mouth of all these prophets of yours, and the Lord has pronounced disaster against you. Wow, man, you want to talk about some theology, you're going, how did God do that? God put a lie. He, he does this? blind spirit? Evil? He's like gathering the spirits that seem to have like, you know, they're willing to go either way, it almost sounds, <laughs> sounds like. One, one spirit, whatever that is, I'll go. I, I, let me go. Because I'm going to lie to him. I'll get him to go into war. I'll get that to happen, okay? Now, this is a whole deep thing here, right? You're going, oh, my goodness. What on earth is happening? Let's be real. Um, There's a point in our stubbornness and in our rebellion. It's just like a parent. You want it? Go ahead and get it. You want to fight against God? Okay. See what that's like, okay? Your parents should have done this at some point. Is, you want to keep fighting? Okay, go see what that is. All right? We want everything to be so cordoned off and boundary that nothing bad can happen. And there comes a time year after year after year with this king going, no, I'm doing it my way. I'm not doing it your way. I'm not going to listen to you. And there's this habit of, I won't follow you. And now I'm, now I'm confronted with a man who's telling me what you want me to do. And God is going, fine, you want to know what? If you're going to be stubborn, go ahead. In fact, I'm going to entice you to be stubborn. All right? So, wow, that's challenging. That right there is how stubborn do I want to be? How stubborn do I want to be? Okay? Uh, mm, 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 mm. where did I end up right there verse 23 you see the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours the Lord pronounced disaster against you then Zedekiah son of Chianana came up he hit Micaiah in the face and demanded did the spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you okay so Zedekiah is infuriated at that point you ever been there so, someone, man, they pushed you. And it doesn't even you're not even arguing about the same thing anymore. You just go out and you slapped him. Hey, God tell you to do that? Okay? You ever <laughs> Hey, like, no, man. Ever you ever thought it? <laughs> you ever thought it? You're like, oh, I am so sick and tired. Now here's the deal is it may not be, you may not resort to going and slapping somebody. But this is just an outburst. This is just an outburst. This is just, let me change the subject. Me, I'm tired of this. Let me do this, okay? Because you can, you can manipulate physically, and you can manipulate emotionally. Right? You ever done that before? You wanted something to stop, and so you cried? <laughs> <laughs> ever thought about this? If I cry right now, they'll stop what they're doing. Ever done that? It, marriage, marriage advice. This was really good advice that I got, that me, and, me and Abby. Abby uses this on me all the time. <laughs> okay? Is, is when I don't want Abby to say something and I start crying, here's what she says. You go ahead, and when you stop crying, we'll continue the conversation. <laughs> and I stop crying because <laughs> I realize this isn't going to work, okay? And we get on with it at that point, all right? But here's the truth is, is... is <laughs> This king right here, man, he's out of control, and he says, uh, he goes up, he hits him, he says, okay, now you, hey, buddy, the Spirit of the Lord tell me to do that, because he's all getting manipulative and everything, and then in verse 25, Micaiah said, you will soon see see when you go hide yourself in an inner chamber on that day, and the king of Israel ordered, take Micaiah, return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, this is what the king says. Put this guy in prison. Feed him only bread and water until I come back safely. But Micaiah said, if you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he said, listen, all you people. Okay. I mean, this guy wasn't messing around. He's like, go ahead and slap me. Go ahead and throw me in jail because you're never going to see me again because you're going to die. Okay. And, and here's the thing is, is this is a psychology lesson of us more than anything. Okay. Is this idea of man? I'm upset. I'm gonna manipulate. I'm gonna be emotional. I don't want to talk about this. I'm gonna exert power and influence. And I'm gonna. Try. You know what? You don't want to go to jail. I'm gonna put you in jail. And you wanna know what that looks like in our lives? We put people in the doghouse, right? You said something I didn't want to hear. I'm not talking to you anymore. Here's the deal. We're being just like this guy when that happens. I don't want to hear what God has to say. I'm sick and tired of you telling me it. Right? And understand you have this. The word of the Lord has not changed in this entire chapter. <laughs> understand that. There was no amount of temper tantrum the king threw that God was going, okay, let me stop. Like, okay, he's not going to die. It was just fact all the way through from beginning to end. There was no changing that. All right? Sometimes we have to remember that. So, boy, what a great story, right? <laughs> I mean, isn't that awesome? Here's what stuck out to me, though, about this. I was thinking, wow, okay, what does this have to do? They made some decisions. You know, there's a lot going on. Some of it was, was on the outside funny to us, right? It probably wasn't funny to them on the inside for sure. Okay, this was for real. Okay, and I thought, you know what, though, when it comes to decisions, here's what stuck out to me is there were, there were some really great questions asked and really poor questions asked. And you want to know what's funny is, is sometimes we forget to make a decision you have to have a choice. You have to understand, what am I actually making a decision about? And sometimes, you all know what, me and you, we don't even know. We don't even know. We'll make a decision. We, we're not even sure what we're deciding on completely. We think we do, but these guys are asking questions. The first question was this, is the king of Israel, when he says, don't you know that Ramoth Gilead is ours, but we failed to take it from the hand of the king of Aram? He says, you know, so that, that's an okay question. Right, hey, don't, hey, King, don't, don't you remember there's this thing and it's ours? All right, let's let's put that in, in other terms. Man, you want to know what? There's a really great job somewhere. You get paid lots of money. Oh, yeah, sounds good. Hey, hey there's, there's a really, man, there's a really cute girl asking about you. Sounds good to me. Okay, sounds good. We should go get her oh, there's a really great job and, uh, you know, whatever. There's this really, man, there's this, there's this house and it don't, it's only going to cost you, you know, $1.4 million and, you know, yeah, you'll be in debt for the rest of your life, but it's awesome. That's a one in a lifetime, once in a lifetime. Okay, hey, that sounds reasonable. If you have, you know, you got to have a little money, right, to do that. He's saying this and then Jehoshaphat asked, and then he asked uh, Jehoshaphat, will you go with me, okay? These are questions... Um, here's what I want us to learn to do, and I want to get better at this. I, I was watching a few different videos, and this is fascinating to me. Becoming better at asking good questions. Okay, That's not a natural thing for any of us. It isn't a natural thing for me. Becoming better, not just asking questions, but how do I ask better questions? Okay, That's an okay question, Hey, there! Hey, what about that town over there? Let's go take it. Hey, what about that car? Let's go take it. Hey, what about that candy bar? Let's go take it, right? I mean, it's like, you know, that's crime, so don't do it. But, but, but the thing is, is, it's an okay question. Hey, hey, buddy, come, come and fight with me. That's an okay question. You know, this is an okay question. You know? You gather a bunch of people around you, and you think, this is the good question to ask. Should we or should we not go to war? Okay. Here's what's interesting is, this is a better question. Okay. Because there's this idea of what you think is right in front of you. Should I date this person? Should I do this? Should I buy that? Should I marry this? Should I do these things? And, and we think that's the question to ask. And Jehoshaphat said, hold on, there's a better question. Is what you're hearing coming from God? Like, stop for one second. Is what you're hearing coming from God? Is there anyone around you that speaks the word of God? Okay, that's a great question. Okay, and here's, this is what I'm learning, okay, is to become better at asking great questions, I have to write down a lot of questions. Like I, uh, in my journal, I'm writing down questions going, oh, that, yeah, that might solve a short-term problem, but, but this is a, a root issue, right? This gets down to the core. To make faithful decisions, we've got to ask great questions that get to the root. All right, number one, is there anyone in your life speaking the word of God to you, okay? Because you can go, hey, man, here, listen, over here, there's, such and such, whatever it is, this, this job, the dream job. I've shared this with you before, okay? My, my dream job was to work in the NFL, okay? You go, well, everybody's dream job is that. No, I'm not kidding you, and I'm not being, no, that was what I was going to do, okay? That wasn't like, oh, man, everybody kind of hopes for that. No, I was going to do it, okay, from where I was working. That was my dream job, okay? And a lot of times you go, there's the dream job. Why shouldn't I take it? Okay, better question is for for me to ask me do i have anyone in my life speaking the word of god to me if i don't it's it lowers my chances of making a faithful decision it really does okay asking a better question okay isn't there a prophet of yahweh here anymore Th- this week and hopefully for the foreseeable future one of the one of the tools i would love for us to to build on is learning how we ask great questions, how we learn to ask better questions, okay? And so I'd like you to do that this week, is to write down, you know, this idea of, okay, what are the questions that I need to ask myself to make a faithful decision? Because the king of Israel was asking one thing, the king of Judah was asking something totally different about the same thing. Okay. I understand it. they're asking about the same thing. There's this thing out there. One is asking the question, "Should we go?" The other's like, "Are we hearing the Word of God here? Okay. What questions are you asking yourself?? Okay. And you may surprise yourself. here's what I learned. As I started doing this exercise of writing down different questions, you know, because you know, I started going, wow, I don't do a great job of this, okay?" Is, um, here's the interesting thing. I do a better job of saying things than asking things. (laughs) Okay. And, And you might be in that boat too. It's easier to say things than to ask things. Okay. And that in and of itself tells us this is going to be difficult to change a habit. Okay. Because if we're changing this habit of saying and deciding and deciding on our own without the word of God, without godly people... Okay, this is going to be really, really tough because you know what Satan's going to throw all up in, in, in our brains and in our hearts? is going, dude, so you got to get permission from people to do stuff? No, 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 listen, here's the deal. First of all, um, if, if you have that relationship with somebody as a grown person where you are just asking permission to be a disciple, here's the deal, bring other people in to help you. Okay, please do that. Because here's here's what we're trying to do. It isn't about getting permission or any of these things. If the goal isn't, how can I help, how can we help one another get to be more like Jesus? How can we help one another be more like he, what he wants? Okay? And ultimately, you want to know what as a grown-up? <coughs> you've got to make your own choices. No one can make them for you. Okay? And there's consequences, both good and bad, that come with this. This is a question just to be thinking about as you go through this exercise. Should you ask it? What would a different question look like when you're doing this exercise? You're going, okay, um, should I do such and such? Okay. I want you to, is there a different question I could ask? Could this question be better? Could I ask a better question? Okay. Here's a few things that help navigate. All right. Here's a few things. Is the, this is one of those questions I'm not kidding you. We have to answer. Do I even want to follow Jesus? Because here's the deal. People can stream through the doors and sit in church, and I fear that this is going to happen more and more and more, is that we sit in church and we fill seats, and the last thing we want to do is actually follow Jesus. We want to come in and get everything we want and be told everything we want to hear and we want all of these things. And in fact, you can write this down in 2 Timothy chapter 4. There's a section right there and he says there's going to come a time and I think it's, we're in that time <laughs> where people will gather a great number of teachers around them to tell them what their itching ears want to hear. Boy, that is so dangerous. When everyone around you is just telling you what you want to hear. Understand that is very dangerous, okay? Is this idea of, man, I just the people around me, they no one challenges me. Right? And and here's the deal, it's probably not a them problem, it's probably an us problem of even being able to go, no, 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 challenge me. <laughs> okay, don't take this. No, 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 no. If you're my friend, if you love me, if you're my brother, you will challenge what I'm about to tell you. Okay? We have to ask this question. I want you to think about this. What does God even want? What does Jesus want? Because when it comes to making faithful decisions, if I'm not clear of what Jesus wants, I make up a whole theology of my own. Okay? If, if I forget, oh, you mean Jesus came to seek and save the lost. That's what he came for. He didn't come down here to just make people good. He didn't come down here just to give nice things to people. He didn't come down here to, to make blind people see or lame people watch. He didn't come here for that purpose. He came down because he said, man, there's lost people that I need reconciliation with and they need with me, and that's what I want. And so that flavors our decision making. Is the decision I'm about to make, does it have anything to do with Jesus' mission? At all. Here's the deal is, again, there's a we can listen to the 400 a lot of times, the 400 prophets that are going, dude, don't make a big deal about it. Just make a decision and do your best. <laughs> or we can listen to the one maybe, the minority of people that are saying, no, 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 no. dig in. Think through, does this have anything to do with the mission of God or is this about what you and I want? Okay, Because understand, that's going to be our thing, right? Is that idea of like, I want what I want, right? Do I know what he wants? Where do I want to be in 100 years? You're going, well, that's a dumb question, okay? Yeah, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying is is I don't think anyone here will be, okay? But here's the interesting thing is, is, is the decisions we make today scream out where we want to be in 100 years. The decisions we make today, it tells the world, where do I want to be after I die? Who will I trust? That's what it's yelling out. The decisions I make is yelling out, who do I trust? Right. And so it's that idea of when I make a decision about purity, when I make a decision about uh, about not having sex before marriage, when I make a decision about forgiveness, when I make a decision about... um, what I'm going to do and where I'm going to live and all of those kind of, when I make a decision, what I'm yelling out to everybody is, this is who I trust. Okay. Or this is who I don't trust. Okay. Let me go back. Uh-oh. Boy, it broke, didn't it? Oh, well. We'll put those back up in a second. But uh, so that, that's, that's our homework. It's not a one-night homework, though. It's, it's, it's an it's making our study time richer. It's making our, here's one of the things that's helpful, and I, I wrote these down, and this was so helpful, to identify what do I want most in this world? You go, well, that's very selfish. <laughs> You're like, Keith, you just took a hard right turn, okay? But seriously, oftentimes we're driven by what we want, I want comfort. I want money. I want notoriety. I want love. I want all of these things. That's what I want, and we have to identify that. What do I want and understand that my decisions are going to skew to that area, okay? And then begin asking questions. Do I want to follow Jesus? Then what does he say? Do I I want to? Like, where do I want to be? What would a, a faithful decision look like? Is repentance required here? All right, Because here's the deal is, is, is you take discipleship away from an external source, right? It, you take it away from a podcast and a preacher and all of that. And now all of a sudden you're digging into your own heart, right? You're, you're starting to operate in there by asking questions. And you're going, man, let me dig these things out because here's what I've learned. It's less painful for me to dig them out than somebody else to dig them out. Okay. My times with people, when I sit down, if if there's something wrong in my life and somebody has to just keep yanking it out, that's painful for them and it's painful for me. Okay, but think about it. And you've done this before. You've sat down with somebody and they said, "Listen, I've thought about this. <laughs> These things are going on in my heart. Here's some questions I'm asking. Can you give me some wisdom? Can you help me with this? Isn't that awesome?" It's not painful for me. It's not painful for that person. We're just sitting here, and now we can spur each other on. Now we can encourage one another. Now we've tricked Satan because Satan wants to get all weird in relationships. But see what this does by being great at asking good questions. This all of a sudden opens up relationships. This fosters humility. This allows me to dig into some areas of my life that I might be scared to do publicly. Like, I might need to ask myself that question, like, what am I most scared of and why? Who, who do I not want to talk to about this? Who is that Micaiah? Okay, now here's the truth. You may have people in your life that you, you need to, it's a safety reason, okay? <laughs> you Be careful, okay? That doesn't mean, but, but, uh, but we have to discern, is there just somebody I don't want to talk to because I know they're going to tell me something I don't want to hear? Okay. What would it take for you to embrace them? That's a great question. Okay. To work through, to pray through. Okay. This takes our quiet times and our prayer times to a whole new level. Because now we're not just like going through the motions. Now it's like, oh man, this is discipleship in action right here. Like This is the heart getting revealed. This is me and my brothers and sisters working together for the mission of Jesus. Right? So we're going to talk more and more about this. Um, I don't know, this is fascinating to me, because as I've tried to do this more, okay, is it, I'll give you an example. So, me and Josh and Stephen were studying the Bible yesterday, and I'm going, okay, I'm going to ask better questions, right? And, and, and so, I'm asking these questions, and Stephen goes, I don't even know what you're asking. <laughs> I'm like, this is not working. <laughs> okay? This is horrible. I was better before. Man, this is so embarrassing, right? And then Josh cleaned up my mess, man. Josh was like, well, here's what's really the case. And so it was awesome because, you know, God uses brothers and sisters, and that's awesome. That was so good. But I remember sitting there going, okay, Stephen, swing and a miss on your part. <laughs> Let me ask you another great question that obviously you know nothing about, okay? Um, and it's that idea going, wow this takes practice, right? This takes, uh, you're going to be wrong at times. You're going to mess up at times. You're going to ask two questions that are too deep. You're going to ask questions that are too abstract. You're going to, but it's being a student, right? It's, it's being a student. And how can I ask great questions in order to facilitate mm-hmm. faithful decisions and to help one another do that too, to glorify God, right?